Hey everybody, welcome back to my podcast, The Anxious Procrastinator. My name is Megan. Today, I am so excited because this podcast, I've just been waiting to do this one for so long. I am so excited for you to join me today. I just cannot wait to see how God reveals this podcast to all of my ladies out there who are struggling with singleness, contentment, and the waiting game. So no, this is not what the podcast is called. It's not called The Waiting Game. It is called It Is Well. And I wanted to talk about a book that I had just read almost a year ago. I'm probably going to reread again because I need a little bit of refresher and working on some things in my life. But I want to start out with a story first. So the reason I got this book was because I went to a young adult um, group event on a Friday night at my church. It was sponsored by my young adult group in Pennsylvania. And I was really excited to go because they were talking about singleness, relationship, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm so totally ready to do this stuff. So I was really super excited to go to this event. And the author of the book, her name is Kirsten Tiber, Tibir, I think that's how you say it. Don't ask me, I'm not good with last names, but anywho. And she talked about her book she had just wrote, and it's called At the Well, Discovering God's Plan for Finding True Love. And I had to say, a lot of points in the book, bo- points in this book have really helped me to really know what I need to look for in a relationship and what I need to do when it comes to living with Christ, living in my singleness and living in contentment, but also preparing myself for the day when I meet my husband, whenever that time is. I know that God has a great plan for me when it comes to my husband, but I just wanted to share this today. So I wanted to start off with like what she said in the book. So I'm going to start with like chapter one. So if you hear page turning, sorry about that. Not very good with tech stuff right now. Still working on it, but I am just ready to read this. So in the first chapter, she talks about pack your bags. And this is the part in, let me get the verse right. Genesis 24. And Abraham is growing very weary and old. And he wants to find a wife. For his son. Now, who? what is his son's name? Does anybody know? It's Isaac. Isaac was the one who was chosen to be the father of Israel. Actually, Abraham was the father of Israel. He's the son of Israel. So what happens is in Genesis 24, Abraham grows very old and the Lord had blessed him in every way. He said to the senior servant in his household, the one in charge of all that he had said, put, your, put up your hand under my thigh. I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I am living, but will go to my country and my relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. So Abraham is making the servant do a vow. This is your vow to go find a wife for my son, a wife that is godly, who comes from my country and is not from the country that I'm living in right now because those women are going to lead him astray. He needs to be with people who are going to lead him towards God's plan. But as all people in our life and all doubt, I feel like the servant is kind of us in life when we're questioning God. He says, what if the woman is unwilling to come back with me to this land? Shall I then take your son back to the country you came from? And Abraham said, make sure that you do not take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household and my native land, and who spoke to me and promised me an oath, saying to your offspring, I will give you this land. He will send his angels before you that that you can get a wife for my son 
from there. If the woman is unwilling to come back with you, then you will be released from this oath of mine. Only do not take my son back there. So this is Abraham's firm conviction to his servant. You need to go pick a wife. Do not doubt what God is doing and go. Then he prayed, Lord, God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside the spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, please let down your jar that I may drink, that I have, that I may have a drink. And she says, drink and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one who have chosen for your servant, Isaac. By this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Now, everybody, if you have read the Bible so much, you will know who Isaac's wife is because she comes out to go get the water. Why is this so significant in the Bible? Because I want to say this is a time of day when the women are coming out to get the water to start the dinner, to start taking care of the animals, to start getting the the brothers and husbands ready to bathe because they've been out in the fields all day and they're dirty and they need to wash up. This is a time when the women would come out and start going to the well. And guess who came to his well, the servant's well? That's right, Rebecca. Rebecca came and she answered the call and she was brought to Isaac and she became his wife. And they loved each other. But you're probably wondering, why are you talking about Genesis 24 and about Abraham and covenants and the servant and Isaac and Rebecca? Because this is important to your life as a Christ follower or a non-Christian. That you need to find the well in your life. At the Well was such an eye-opening book for me that I was so excited to share it with you guys. And I can't wait to share some of the things I kind of reviewed with it. And that is, we need to know what our well is. We need to find out what our well is. Because if we don't know the source of the well, we're not going to know how to have a good relationship in our life and how to let God show us or pick the right guys in our life. So. I want to read something that came from Isaiah 12, 3, and this was in the chapter one of the book. And it said, with joy, you will draw water from the well of salvation. Now, this is our saying for us. What is the well of salvation in our life? The well of salvation is Jesus Christ. So guess what I learned from this book that are three things I'm going to highlight today on how to make it well with your soul. And it's we need to know our source. We need to know who, what our salvation is, and we need to know who our well is. And that is a big thing I want us to know today. So I'm going to start out with our source. Know your source. Who is the source of your well? Because if you have no idea who the source of your well is, you are not going to find the right guy in your life. You're going to keep getting the mess up ones. You're going to get the ones who don't know what they want to do with the rest of life. You're going to get the ones who are a little intimidated and are still a little bit immature in their emotions and that. And it's like you want to be with someone who is fully relying on Christ, who wants a relationship with Christ. But this is what I wrote down. Jesus is our only way to keep us content with our single life. If Jesus is the source of our well, then we need to do these things to really know him, regularly seeking him. What does regularly seeking him mean? Regular seeking him means going and talking to him, going into prayer, sitting down and really listening to him. Like we always love to prayer. It's always talk like you need to pray to God. You need to pray to God. But also there's a time to listen. And I'm going to raise my hand on this. I am not very good at listening sometimes with Christ. I just want to go, go, go. I want stuff to be coming in my life. I want to have blessings. 
but sometimes I just need to listen. And yes, I do feel that God is preparing me for my husband, but there's still a lot of things he needs to sort out with my life. And there's a lot of walls that we're starting to tear down. But I never stopped regularly seeking him. Even when I was in my doubtful stage this year, even when I was in my darkest valley, even now as I'm getting out of my valley, I'm still struggling with horrible initial thoughts. I am still seeking Jesus. But also seeking him means listening to him. So I want to give you a little trick that I learned from a friend. Sometimes if you journal questions and kind of sit there and just wait for God to answer, like this is kind of a cool thing I learned. Like I've actually done this a couple times. I've actually sat there and prayed and said, Holy Spirit, come to me and tell me what God really wants me to know. And if it's not Christ, do not let me hear it. So I'll write questions down and I'll ask Jesus. I'll be like, what do you want me to look for in a guy? Like what type of job are you going to ask me to do? And you know, God has answered me even when I haven't even written in my journal for a while. And you know what he has said? I'm going to give you a job that isn't going to be what you expect, but you're going to be blessed doing it. And he has blessed me with my job. And the same thing came. He's like, I am preparing you for your husband. And your husband is coming, Megan, but you have to be patient and wait. So truly seeking God and speaking to him and letting him talk through you and listen, you'll know where your source is coming from. Two, pursuing him every day. Pursuing him with our Bible, excuse me, our Bible, our relationship with others, pursuing him by going to church and learning and growing in our faith. And also serving others. Pursuing him doesn't always mean running after him. It also means doing stuff that's out of your comfort zone. Maybe going down to the Salvation Army and helping out sorting clothes. Or maybe going to the um, Salvation Army and serving down there. Or working at a soup kitchen that may be opening up in your town. Or going to work for some like organization that helps build houses and stuff. Pursuing him doesn't always mean pursuing him. In the way of like, I'm running towards you and keeping my eyes on Jesus. Sometimes it means serving others. So pursuing him means that we're reaching out to others. We're talking to them. We're getting in relationships that are God honoring. You know, because when we start pursuing Christ and we start keeping our eyes on Jesus, those guys in our life are going to start seeing that. And those guys are going to start questioning, is this the right type of person I want to be with the rest of my life? Now, don't go sitting there like, I'm doing this for Jesus. I'm going crazy and being like, oh my gosh, like I'm pursuing Jesus because mentally in my head, I want to go have all those guys look at me. No, 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 no. That is a horrible way of doing things. I've done that. Doesn't work. So pursuing him means not worrying about the things around you because people will notice that you're pursuing God and you have a heart for him. And then the last thing I wanted to put on, know your source, desiring his will. You need to desire what God has willed for your life. I know it's tough. I know it's a struggle. I know I'm struggling right now. The seeing all my friends getting married, engaged, having kids, getting in relationships. And it's just, it's hard because I really want to be in a relationship where I can do life with my husband together. But that's not what God has planned for my life. He is preparing me. But that means he's preparing my husband too. And it might be taking my husband a little bit longer to be prepared to take on me. Because let me tell you, I can be a handful. With anxiety and depression, that's a bit of a handful. And I'm okay admitting that. But desiring his will means that he has he has to be the one in control. I'm not. And I have to lay those thoughts at his feet and say, Jesus, your will be done, not mine. I'm not going to do it anymore. I said this in my notes. When we see to grow our relationship in him, we will see the blessings poured on us. 
Another thing that we need to know about our source in our life is our ID growth, is our identity, our individuality. What needs to be watered and what needs to weed out? Think of your life as a garden. Your heart is a garden. It needs to have nutrition. It needs to have fertilizer. It needs to have all the stuff in the world to get it to grow. But if you're not watering it, and you're not weeding out the bad things in your life, and you keep doing the same stuff over and over again and wondering why things aren't changing, cough, cough, insanity. That's called insanity. I've done that a couple of times. Then you're really not going to grow in your faith, and you're really not going to trust God. Watering our gardens means what I said on the other thing, seeking, desiring, pursuing Christ, always keeping our eyes on Jesus, reading our Bibles every day, not just because out of duty, but out of love that we love Christ and that we want to grow. It sometimes can get so hard. Like last night, I didn't read my Bible because I was like, Lord, I'm just making a duty. I'm not making it about you. And I need to stop this. So I'm going to go to bed tonight. I'm going to restart again. And I'm going to make this about a relationship and not about me doing it as a duty. But the other things I want to say is with watering is also having people who speak the truth in our lives, who are going to speak biblical truth in our lives, who are going to talk to us about the things in our lives that are causing mayhem. Because if all you're doing is hanging around, people are like, oh, you're doing fine. Nothing's wrong with you. Everything's okay. But they're not honestly telling you what's wrong with you. Then they're not being good mentors. Now, Sometimes there's nothing wrong with you. It just isn't the right time for you to have a guy. And I have wonderful ladies in my life who have said, some guys may just be a little intimidated by you, Megan. And I'm like, I admit it. I'm a smarty pants. Guys can be intimidated by me, but the right guy is not going to be intimidated by who I am. They're going to love me because they see Jesus inside of me. So that's the one thing about watering is also having people in our life who are going to feed our hunger towards Jesus. and then. I love this thing where I said, what needs weeded out? That means you need to figure out what patterns in your life have been causing you to go after guys that are not the right guys for you. My biggest regret is always going for the guys who are never available. That is my biggest shame I've always wanted to say. And I'm going to repeat it out loud. This is what I have struggled with, going for guys who are not available. You know, they're available but I don't want to be with them. But then they get taken up by another girl and now I want them. That's my biggest issue that I've had to work on. And I'm starting to really see that needs to stop. And I realized that. And the guys that I've really wanted in my life are now not the guys I want. And I'm okay with that. But that was something I had to really do. It was like, as I put down in my notes, take inventory. Learn what really is causing the issues in your life. Are you running after the guys who need fixed all the time? That's called codependency. Are you running after the guys who really aren't putting forth the effort in their faith? Those are the guys who you're trying to people please because you think that if you people please them and show them Christ somehow, they'll magically turn to Christ. Are you going after guys who are more about the world and not about a relationship with Jesus? Are you going after guys who just don't really pay attention to you? Are you going after men who just don't show the godly characters that God wants for our life? Because you need to take those inventories and you need to talk to a mentor about that inventory and say, like, these are the things I struggle with, with guys. I don't know why I'm doing it, but I really need help. And you need to talk to somebody in your church, like a pastor or a trusted, like woman mentor who can come up to you and say, hey, 
these are the Bible verses, these are the books that helped me out, and these are things that we're going to start working on and work on them. Don't just sit there and take an inventory and then just push it aside because, girlfriend, I've done that a couple of times and that doesn't work either. So you need to take an inventory and you need to know, like, what are the things in your life that are causing mayhem? Because if you want to be the type of wife that a godly guy is going to see and wants to be wife material, you have to work on yourself. You have to be the one who says, enough's enough, I'm done. We're going to work on this. Here's what I said. You have to have a well-rounded mentor who isn't afraid to call you out. Mm, I do have a wonderful mentor. We'll call her um, Lisa. That's not her name. Lisa is not afraid to call me out, and she will give me a look. That's like, I call it the mom look, the Lisa look. And it's the look that says, I'm not going to take this crap with you anymore. We're going to work on this and you need to be honest. And you know, that was my biggest struggle. I don't like to be honest because I'm afraid that people aren't going to understand my struggle. And when I finally started opening up about inventory, about going after the things that are starting to really harm me in life and starting to really focus on my relationship with Jesus, I really start to see a growth and the peace in my life. Now, that doesn't mean I don't struggle every day. It doesn't mean I'm not having a hard time with this, but it's something that I've had to learn to grasp that it. You need to have a well-rounded person, mentor in your life to help you get through this, or you're just going to keep falling down over and over again. The second thing that I want to point out today is our salvation. And the one thing is called like waiting at the well. What is your salvation? If your salvation is not found in Christ, you're never going to find a happy relationship. You're going to be stuck. You're going to be lonely and you're going to be single the rest of your life because you are just running after the wrong things. It says waiting at the well means you need to know what well you're going to be at. Don't go to a well that's dry because if that's a dry well, then you are not going to be able to fill your life up with peace, joy, patience, goodness, kindness, all those things that we are called to do if you keep going after a dry well. When we choose a relationship with Christ, our old habits, hurts, and hang-ups have to die. It must die with it. When you know your relationship with Jesus Christ, when you choose to follow Him, desire him, pursue him, seek his will, your old habits, hurts, and hang-ups have to go with that. You have to let go of your old self. And you need to go with your new self that Christ has created in you. Because if you keep doing the same stuff over and over again, again called insanity, you are never going to feel the blessings that God wants to pour out in your life. He prepares us by peeling away all the things in our life that are holding us back. It's like an onion. It's like there's layers of onions. Don't you ever like watch like Food Network and you watch how they do onions and they do like the slicing and dicing and they kind of see like the onion kind of poof out. I call it like flower out, blooms out like a blooming onion. Let's go with that. And you see there's so many different layers and not every layer is the same. There's always difference. You always have the longer layers and then you have the shorter layers in the in, in the middle of it. That's what your life is. Your life is full of layers. Your heart is full of layers. It's like a garden, but it's also an onion. If you have so many walls built up in your life, you're never going to let 
that future husband come into your life or that future guy come into your life because you're too busy building walls. And that's where coming into a relationship with Christ, God peels back those layers that have caused hurts, that has called habitational sins, that have caused us to hang up and be strung up on guys from our past that we haven't let go of. The onion system is God's way of saying, I'm going to peel back the bad to show the good that's in your life, to show the blessing that's in your life, to show you that it is well with your soul and that you don't need a guy to satisfy you right now. You just need to be satisfied in me. And that's where our salvation comes from. And I want to read this. The Lord needed to, this is what, um, sorry, this is what Kirsten Tiberis talks about her husband. She said, the Lord needed to prepare and grow me for Dan, but he also had to prepare Dan for me. When she first got out of college, all her friends were getting married. They were getting engaged. They were having kids. And she didn't get married till she was 24. She didn't meet her husband till she was 24. So that was something that really hit me. It's like before she could meet Dan, she had to be prepared by Christ. But also Christ had to prepare her husband, Dan, to be prepared to meet her. And when she was in college, Dan wasn't a Christian at that time. He was not a Christ follower. So therefore, we need to understand that sometimes the waiting in your life is God saying that your husband is not ready to meet you right now. And you are not ready to meet him because there are things in your life that we need to work on. And that comes from the salvation of Christ. When we learn about sacrificial love, we learn about it through Christ. You have to learn to sacrifice. You have to learn to give up some things in your life. And you have to learn that if you want a relationship to work, you're going to have to sacrifice a lot. Because guess what? Relationships are not just, I want it my way or the highway, because guess what? It's not going to work. Because you have to think of the other person that's coming into your life. And they're going to bring a lot of baggage with them. And that is why we need to prepare ourselves for these times in our life when it comes to us going to our well and it being well with our soul. Love is sacrifice. That's what Jesus showed on the cross. That's what he did to forgive us. And just think, he thought about every single one of us when he did that. Just think, not one person, no one person on this planet can do what Christ did when he thought about dying on the cross for us. Even in the future, he thought of the people who he was dying for on the cross. And it is something that we as Christians need to be aware of. Love is sacrifice. So if you're not ready to sacrifice and put the other person's need first, sometimes you're not ready to be, it, be in that well quite yet. You need to work on your well in your life. Well, your garden and work on that with Christ. Because if it's not well with your soul, it will never be well in a relationship. And last but not least, what, what I want to end with today is our well. There was a well that Isaiah, not Isaiah, Isaac, I always do that, guys. So funny. My little thing. So Isaac was waiting by a well. And the well was called Bilar Lahairoi. Bilar Lahairoi. And this was a well that was founded by his father. It was the well by God. But what you want to know what this well means, this biblical well means? It means the God who sees. Our well is Bilar Lahairoi, Bilar Lahairoi, which is the God who sees. He sees you. He sees your needs. And if we are looking for a well, we need to find our well in Jesus. 
because it's going to overflow with joy and blessings and great things in our life. And yes, it's not going to be easy following Christ. But if Jesus is our Bila, Bilarla, Hairoi, then nothing in our life is going to matter more than serving him. He sees you and he knows your needs. He knows what you want in a relationship. God knows what I'm looking for a relationship. He knows that I need more of a friendship than trying to make everything complicated in my life and everything I overthink in my life. And that's why it's important that we need to seek him out. And we need to know that our well is in him and it is well with our soul. That we don't need to be rushing into relationships. We don't need to be rushing into things in our life. We just need to take this time as one moment at a time and one day at a time. Because there's so much I'm learning in my life, so many things that I need to work on in my life that I'm like, I may not be ready right now to meet that one and only quite yet. But I'm certainly ready to really go deeper in my relationship with Christ and have it well have my heart say, it is well with my soul. And I'm not going to worry about loneliness anymore. I want to end this out with a saying that came from Kirsten. And she said, God's design for marriage is this, to love one another, to do life together, and to mirror the relationship between Jesus and his church. Our relationship with Christ is mirroring his relationship with the church. That's what he has designed for marriage to love one another, to do life together, and to mirror the relationship between Jesus and his church. And if we are not seeking Jesus and we are not getting in a relationship with him and we are not just letting God fill our gardens and water it and weed out all the things in our life and pull the onion layers back in our life and really say, these are the things you need to work on, then it's never going to be well with our souls. But that's not how God works for us. He doesn't want us just to stay. It's like, okay, whatever, my life's ruined. No, mm -mm. he wants to work on us. And that means he's going to make us uncomfortable in those situations. And in those situations, it's going to show us so much blessings and joy, and it's going to honor him. But I love this. I want to have a relationship that honors God. One that is to love one another and to do life together. And that's all I ask of God is that I have someone. I have like when the time comes, the guy comes in my life that we love one another. We do life together and that our relationships mirror the relationship of Jesus in the church. Now, will it be perfect? No. Will it be something that is going to be a lot of work? Oh, heck yes. And I've seen that a lot with friends that marriage is a work in progress because you are dealing with a broken person, but it's going to be such a great adventure. And I am just so excited to hear some of your stories. And I'm so excited to see where Christ is leading you because guess what, girlfriend? It is well with your soul because God is the well and the foundation of your life. And he is the one who is going to guide you on the right path. So it's up to you to find that well with him, to let him be the Bila La Hairoi in your life, the God who sees you, to know he's our salvation and to know that he is the source of our well. Because guess what? It is well with our soul, ladies. We don't need to have a guy in our life to satisfy us because we have a father in heaven who already satisfies our needs each and every day. All we have to do is just seek him, pursue him, and desire his will. And we'll start seeing all the blessings pour out in our life. 
I'm so excited for all of you listening today. I hope you are enjoying this message. And I cannot wait to see where God is leading you next on this journey. And I'm so glad you are listening to The Anxious Procrastinator. This is part three of the relationship game I'm doing right now with um, some of my stuff. Worth the wait. Just forgot it. I'm so sorry about that. Worth the wait. And this is part three of it, which is it is well. So I hope you like this. I hope you're enjoying this beautiful day. It's Sunday where I'm at right now. And it's sunny and it's beautiful. I'm going to go outside and enjoy it a little bit. But I hope you're all having a wonderful day. Like, share, post this on your Facebook. Share it to all your friends who are struggling right now. Because girlfriend, you are worth the wait. And you are worth more than rubies. And I can't wait to hear your story. So if you want to keep learning more about this, hopefully you can find some more podcasts, but just keep liking these, keep sharing them. And I'll share with our last part four of Worth the Wait series right now. And I can't wait to show share that with you. And I am just excited to share it with you. And I can't wait to feel what God is revealing in my life right now with this. So I hope you're all having a wonderful day. I hope you're all are enjoying life. And I can't wait to talk to y'all soon. Bye.